You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. No, it is not Gus Kattengill. It's Jordan Kleber, a.k.a. the intern, alongside with General D. Dowen Fife. We'll be having you for all three hours of the Sports Hangover today. Gus is in Phoenix. I don't know for whatever reason, like the Pelicans, a lot of head, head, former Pelicans head coaches say, for whatever reason, Gus is in Phoenix, um, alongside with General D. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Happy Friday. I know. Beautiful day out here. Beautiful. Day. It wasn't too beautiful this morning. It, it's quite it's, cloudy. It's today. definitely looking up. Maybe, um, you know, hopefully that, that can translate to some of the things that are going on with the Saints right now. I mean, we do have a couple things to talk about, I believe. Yeah, uh, for but, sure. I, and I hope a lot of you had an awesome St. Saints, Saints Patty Day, uh, day yesterday. Uh, I know there was a lot of people over there at Tracy, so I hope y'all had a great and safe time out there for St. Patrick's Day. Um, we got to get the show started off with this. We do it every Friday, and that is Rebecca Black. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. It's not a Friday without Rebecca Black and the Friday song, is it, General Day? Well, I mean, that's the way this show goes, but, uh, you know, I don't know that that's my, my jam, but, I mean, hey, it's a tradition, and uh, we have to keep up with the tradition. For sure. We have a fun show lined up for you today. Uh, 12.30, coming up in 30 minutes, we have Todd Graffanini, um, voice of your New Orleans Pelicans. They play the San Antonio Spurs tonight. Big game, big, big game for the play-in tournament implication at 115 we have Rafael Esparza Mr. Vegas he's going to talk about everything about March Madness and we're going to talk about the updated Super Bowl odds especially with all the big trades that happen over this week um, at 130 we have Andrew Lopez ESPN reporter for the New Orleans Pelicans he's going to give his take on the Pelicans um, then at 2.15, final hour of the show, we have Marlon Favorite. Hello, somebody. He's going to talk about LSU football and about the New Orleans Saints and, you know, maybe talk about the Dallas Cowboys because they made some moves yesterday and early this morning, including something to do with their one of their linebackers that they drafted a few years back. And we'll close out the show at 2.30 with Leo Haggerty from It's Sports Magazine. We'll go around the NFC South since, hey, there's a lot going on. Um, we've talked about it. I know Gus has talked about it this whole past week with Deshaun Watson. Everybody's been refreshing their Twitter feeds, waiting for the news to drop. We did get something after the show um, that was kind of you know big and might have upset a lot of Saints fans because it seemed like they were in the driver's seat for most of the time, but we'll get into it right now. Um, that news was the um, which was the latest news was it Deshaun Watson is expect or. Expected to take the next few days and contemplate his decision over the weekend per league sources over which team he'll waive his no trade clause for and the Falcons have pushed back Matt Ryan's $7.5 million roster bonus from Friday to Tuesday. So, hey, that's something, it's news if you want to look at it a certain way. Could be news that, hey, that's the team that he wants to go to. Give him a little bit more time. Saints are all ready to pull the trigger. I don't know. Give me your take, Dallin, on this whole situation. Well, I think that you have to look at it this way. It's a business decision by the organization. Uh, they've kind of done their due diligence to look at the things that he's had, his misgivings. Um, it's still uh, he wasn't charged, so there's 22 accusations that are going to be fought up in the civil uh, cases. Some of that may go away with the stroke of a pen. Some of it may go away with a check. Um, but at the end of the day, there's been some smoke around him. So he comes in tarnished, and no matter which stance you have of you want him as a person or if you, you have concerns about his character, you have to look at you know his ability, what he can do on the field. And if you, if you evaluate it that way, he's a top-five guy uh, quarterback when he's, when he's right um, in between the lines. 
he's able to bring a lot of things that you are looking for when you're looking for a young quarterback. And when I say that, he's only 26 years old. So you're getting a guy that, you know, if you're able to make sure that these things are not going to be something that's going to be repetitive, uh, you have him for another 10 years, hopefully, uh, kind of like the Drew Brees model. But let's back up a second and say, this guy is not Drew Brees. Right. So, you know, and the other thing I want to say is that you have the ability as a fan to either give your, your entertainment dollars to the Saints, the eyeballs in the Saints, or your dollars to the Saints to go show up at the arena, or not. And, um, you know, be that there's a moral question or not, one of the things I think is with entertainers, um, I, I look at it different ways. I mean, I, I think I'm going to play both sides of the fence in my evaluation, but if you look at it strictly from a football decision, I mean, I'm all in that, that Deshaun Watson comes here. I have a daughter, so if I look at it from the ethical decision right. uh, or a moral decision, I, you know, I, I have a problem with it to some extent. But that doesn't mean that uh, I'm not the one making that final determination. But if he does come to the Saints and they've done their homework and he chooses the Saints because he wants to be here, it seems like the decision is very clear. If it's a football decision for Sean Watson, it's head and tails that we're better than head and shoulders above the, the, the Falcons. They don't have the weapons that we do. But if you're looking at it from a standpoint of he wants to go home, and the reason he wants to go home because he wants to have that fan base kind of put their arms around him and feel as though if you know things start to go a little bit awry, that he has kind of that soft landing zone, you know that's a concern for me. One of the things that that quarterbacks um, in those positions we've always uh, you know evaluated a quarterback, they got to make quick rational decisions. And right now, by him taking this additional time. I understand is a lot of the being pulled in his heartstrings, but here's a guy. If you're looking at it from a strictly from an evaluation of football, the Saints are the, are the number one choice. But if he's looking at it from the nightlife of Atlanta and all the other th- things around him, well, maybe he's not the choice that we really need. So there's a saying that it's better to be to feel good about a deal that you didn't get than to feel bad about a deal that you got. Right, and so that kind of we were kind of talking about this earlier this morning, and that led to Friday's question of the day. Should the Saints move on or wait for Deshaun Watson to make a decision? I mean, another four days. You you have a lot of pieces yourself. You, you don't want, you know, Jameis Winston is probably biting his nails right now. What do, you, what do you want to do? The longer he waits, the more money he could potentially be losing. So please chime in to our question of the day. You could comment over on Twitter at ESPN Radio NOLA or call Buddy over in the LaRose studio office, 800-998-1003. He'll put you on hold, and we'll take your phone call to get your take on the question. And I, I guess my thing is, yeah, I'm not, I'm not waiting around. I mean, this guy has had multiple years to decide where he's wanted to play football at. Why is he taking this long? And I, and I understand it is a, you know, a business decision, but at the same time, it's like you were saying. What's the clear, obvious choice? Where, what's the situation where you're going to win now? Your legacy. What do you want your legacy to be? And I feel like if you're Deshaun Watson, your best. To repair that legacy is to to come with the New Orleans Saints and be a part of that organization. But hey, I, I don't know what they're doing over in Atlanta to you know kind of persuade him away from you know choosing the the, the Saints as the final destination. But well, I guess we'll find out either today, tomorrow, the next day, or Monday well, or Tuesday. The, the biggest issue was the fact that that Matt Ryan pushed his bonus back. So right now, if you're looking at it from who's the available chairs that are they're open. The, the logical choice for a Matt Ryan trade would be Indy. Um, and then there you go. you got saying, okay, well, it's holding up other free agents for the Saints. And it's all valid questions. I mean, that's the, I mean, valid points. But the question you have to pose yourself is, is this guy going to change the trajectory of your franchise as a football player? And that the answer is yes. So you have to wait it out, as, as painful as it may be. But at some point, let's say it goes to the next week. And, you know, he, he notified the Saints and said, give me till Monday. And maybe they are working some things out in Atlanta to see if they can move Matt Ryan or whatever. The Saints have the cap space. They have the ability to get him in now. Let's move forward. Let's get Teron Armstead signed. Let's start bringing in some of those free agent wide receivers. And let's reload. And this and the odds, I don't know if you saw that, but Vegas changed their odds pretty dramatically because he was going to be, a, if, he, if he comes to the Saints. So that tells you a lot there. Vegas is usually pretty pretty attuned with what's happening. And if you're asking my gut, my gut is he's going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still, I feel that too. I'm I, still going to wait it out. And if he does come to the Saints, I'm going to welcome him with open arms. But I guarantee you if something comes up again, 
you know, then that's going to be a problem, and i am be ready to wash my hands of him. So it, it's, it is a precarious situation that he's walking into. He's done it to himself. But the, the whole thing of, like, well, he's had a whole year to, to wait, well, to some extent, yes, you would think that he would be kind of thinking forward as to what team he's going to go to if they wanted him. But in the same hand, he really didn't know this until the actual trade requests were put on the table for the three ones in players. Uh, I don't know if you saw CD Deuce's uh, oh, he tw- Twitter. He was, he was all over Twitter yesterday. Just I know he was saying, was it earlier this morning that all these rumors has his you know head hurting or his ears yeah? Hurting? And, and look, I mean, it, it, that's the other thing. There's a, there's an emotional side of it that even though people want to say it's a business, but these are guys' lives. I mean, they're you know he's sure. given a lot to the franchise. Um, and, and he wants to be here in New Orleans. But if he's one of the main pieces that go because he's a, he's a nickel corner, a valuable nickel corner, but he's an asset that you can move to get to Sean Watson, you do it from a football standpoint. But on the other side, when you're looking at Matt Ryan, what is he saying about his organization? Right. That's all of a sudden ready to kick him to the curb, and you would think he's got a couple years left. Um, the, the Saints are not going to be in play for him, obviously. Um, I, if if we don't land Deshaun Watson, I think the inevitable is to move on to Jam- Jameis Winston. And I don't say that in a negative way because I really felt like Jameis has done well. If you look at Jameis's numbers over the course of his career with the Saints last year, I believe it was 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. And then on top of that, he was five and two as a starter. And one of those games being the New York Giants, which you know we kind of dropped that at the end of the ball game, not because of Jameis Winston's play. But I think he's a guy you can win with. I think he's he's well liked in the locker room. So, but it is this he had, I think the Watson thing has everything at a standstill right now. And as soon as that one cog moves, um, then it opens up everything else, and then we can move on. But right now, you're kind of waiting because he is the bell of the ball. Yeah, and there was a lot of you know huge news in and around the NFL that happened yesterday from Devontae Adams, Baker Mayfield, and from the guy that you just mentioned, Matt Ryan. Where does he go? Does he go to Indianapolis? We'll talk more about that later on in the show. But I see we have Walter from the West Bank on hold. How you doing, Walter? Welcome to the Sports Hangover. You're on with Jordan Kleber and Dowin Fife. How y'all doing? And I might be wrong. If we lose this quarterback, I think in two years Atlanta will build up their team and they'll dominate us like we, Peyton dominated Atlanta, okay? And I really don't think we'll win our division in the next five years. I don't know about that. Tampa's going to run run away with division next year. Then if Tampa, if that quarterback plays for two years, we'll be out of winning our division. And by then, Atlanta's going to have a better team than us, and they'll pass us up where we can't win the division. Now, I might be wrong. Walter, the only thing I'd push back on you there is the fact that we beat um, Tampa both times uh, last year. Actually, we've beaten Tampa, uh, and the one one game that we didn't beat Tampa in the playoffs was able to, the year they went to the Super Bowl and won it. So uh, yeah, this we is had a no different chance to win our division last year. We had at midseason we were almost eliminated from winning the division. Do you know that? Well, we had no chance to win it, the division. We could beat yeah, but the division is not what you're playing for. Yeah, but the division is not necessarily what you're playing for. You're trying to get into the you're trying to get into the dance, which is the playoffs. And last year, you're right. We had a, a we were decimated with injuries, and despite that, if the team who winds up winning the Super Bowl handles business and takes care of the 49ers, we're in the, we're in the playoffs. So, and, and honestly, if you really want to evaluate it truly, Tom Brady has. I mean, there were some cracks in the armor last year. And I thought he had some great weapons around him. But when those guys were hurt and they weren't available, he was a different player. That's like anyone. If you do not have the weapons around you, this is a team sport. Yes, you have to have a solid leader to, to make things. People have to believe when they step in the, into the huddle. But I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I think that this guy um, could get you there. And if Deshaun Watson goes over there... They need to put a lot of pieces Wait, around what are him. They, what are they doing at the wide receiver position? I mean, Calvin Ridley's out for an entire year. They just, you know, um, they didn't, they weren't able to acquire Gage back uh, this offseason. He went over to Tampa Bay. So, uh, what, what is their, what is their wide receiver position even looking like? And then if you're giving away all those picks for the future, I mean, those NFL draft picks aren't guaranteed that they're going to work out. They still have to go through that process, earn their spot on the roster. I mean, it's it's not a guarantee. I know you could say the same thing about the Saints, but they have pieces that are already in place that have shown what they that they can do on on the field. 
And I think that if you look at, at, at Green Bay, I mean, Green Bay's got Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, arguably had an MVP-type season, but now losing his main receiver, who was a guy he threw into double-triple coverage, he, it's going to be a different animal for them up there without, without that player. He's like Drew Brees of years past. When they only had Michael Thomas, really, to throw to. You're right. Let me ask you the Atlanta, if they can't trade that quarterback, it don't make any difference. They'll probably cut him, and they still can sign and they can still sign they can still keep the quarterback. They I don't think that's the case because of the cap hit that they would take. So they have to move him in order to get something in return. And that's why I think because he's, you know, the organ, he's, I guess he has some kind of attachment to the organization. He's trying to do the right thing. But at the end of the day, Matt Ryan is trying to do the right thing for Matt Ryan. And the best situation for him is Indy. They're a team that all they need is a quarterback because they have a run game and a defense. And if you look at that same scenario, that's in it. That's in New Orleans. Although we would not go after Matt Ryan, but the, so to my point is that if it's a football decision, that the Saints are the football decision, and and Deshaun Watson right now is being pulled in that direction because of family and maybe his heartstrings. But I think at the end of the day, his agent's going to sit him down and say, "Look, the reclamation project that you need to go on in order to get to be rec- have a reclamation is the fact that you need to be able to win." And if you win, a lot of this stuff goes away. Look at Ben Roethlisberger, what happened to him when he was up there. And all these things were circling around Ben. And then he okay, won, and things got thank pushed you. down. No, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Yeah, okay. and with that, that, that's the first segment of the Sports Hangover. I'm here with General D, listening to the Sports Hangover, your flagship station of the New Orleans Pelicans, ESPN Radio Nola. Start your bracket with a bang. Right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving you customers a $150 instant bonus, guaranteed. That's right, you'll get $150 in bonus site credit, and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. How you bet the bracket is up to you. You can choose from the money line, totals, prop bets, and so much more. I think this year's NCAA tournament is wide open. I think there are so many teams that have a chance to win it all. I think Gonzaga is probably the best team in the country, but there are a lot of teams seeded from 3 to 6 who I think have a great shot to make the Final Four. I like UConn as a sleeper team to maybe even win it all. Plus, with cash out, the ball's in your court, so you could close out your bet whenever you want before the game is even over. Join FanDuel today with promo code KLRZ. Then you could place your $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit guaranteed. Must be 21 and over in present in Louisiana. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's FanDuel Sportsbook. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready with truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily, plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope, Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road. It's crawfish season and Louisiana crawfish are ready for boiling. Rouse's Markets has special seafood boiling rooms in stores. Yep, these guys are professional boilers. Rouse's Markets starts with the prettiest Louisiana crawfish, of course. But the key is the Rouse's Down the Bayou Seafood Mix. It's seasoned with just the right amount of lemon and onion and garlic and heat. Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. That's 11 to 7 at Rouse's Markets. Tastes like home. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Again, though, it's Jordan Kleber filling in for Gus as he is in Phoenix for whatever reason, alongside with General D. Um, I know we were just talking about everything that's going on with the Deshaun Watson news, but there's something else, other big sports going on right now, and I feel like a lot of this here, well, at least here in the city of New Orleans, a lot of the Deshaun Watson talk is taking over what's happening over there with March Madness. Started yesterday, well... Oh, it's the, official, the, the official madness official, is here for sorry, sure. Yes, and the madness definitely came quickly with St. Peter's upsetting number two Kentucky, eighty-five seventy-nine, in that last night's game. Went to overtime. I was shocked. I, I don't think I've ever even heard of this team before. Well, the thing that's that's really impressive about them is that they're in the MAC co- conference, um, and it's probably one of the hardest jobs uh, in the in all of Division One right now, and that their coach. Uh, 
Shaheen Holloway, um, he played, I believe, at, at I don't know if it was Providence or, but he's been, he's been a college basketball player and been in a tournament before. But the thing that's so impressive about St. Peter's is the fact that their enrollment is only 2,600 undergrad students. They're from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Jesuit school. Um, and what's, what's really impressive about them is that their entire budget is $8 million for all their athletics. And if you look at John Calipari's getting paid $9 million a year, and then what's crazy is that Holloway's, uh, the coach Holloway, he's only making probably around 200 to 250 and then all the assistants that are with Calipari are, are looking at 300 or above, all the way up to $850,000. So, you know, the resources and the machine, the blue, the blue, you know, blue, big blue, uh, it, they were stunned. And I think the best statement that I heard from Holloway, coach said, if you can ball, you can ball. And the part about that is so true, it doesn't make a difference. And if you look back at Hoosiers, when they got into the arena, the goals are still 10 feet. You know, the, the players are going to go play against each other. It doesn't matter on what the jerseys they're wearing. But if you can ball, you can ball. And one of the things they were able to do is kind of throw some little different defenses at them and took uh, Sheedway out of it late in the game. But I tell you what, the most impressive thing that they did was some of their offensive sets. Their offensive sets I would probably put up there with some of the top colleges in the country. And the thing that made it even more impressive is that even though Kentucky knew it was coming, they still had a difficulty on some of their switches. And the guy, Doug Eddard, I mean, he was on fire. And late in the game, these guys had ice in their veins. And really, if you look at it, any kind of basketball comes down to turnovers, free throws, and being able to, to execute down the stretch. And I tell you what, they came, stepped up to the line, and made a bunch of big free throws. And that sometimes is the difference of a team that's that's mature. And, um, you know, granted, they had they were playing for – they had everything to win and, and, and nothing to lose. But I tell you what – uh, Kentucky, they, they need to make a, an evaluation of what's going on there because they've, this is the second year in a row that they've had a, a down season for their, their terms. Before I get to Philip, I know you're on hold. Um, no, I, I agree with you, which is why I love March Madness. I heard someone say this the other day and it's, it, I couldn't agree more that these two teams would never play each other in the regular season. They wouldn't want to spend the money for them to come there and there's no reason for Kentucky to, to have them come over. So, I just think it's a situation to where, you know, this is great for, you know, basketball. And it also kind of shows why one and done, you know, in transfers, maybe you start seeing this a lot more often to where, like, that's why college basketball is where it is, is because of all these one and done guys. I mean, obviously Kentucky wouldn't have lost that if they had time to, you know, have players that just weren't in their program for one year and leave. So I, it is March Madness. Anything could happen, but I feel like that plays a big factor in why you know March is so insane. You can have a great player, but you need to play as a team because it's a it's a five on five game, and uh, you know you can you can kind of do some gimmicky defenses and take one guy's game away from him. Um, but I tell you what, the the biggest thing that I, I thought that was uh, you know. Um, if you look at them from a basketball standpoint, from a 15 to beat a 2, and some of those people had the 2 winning it all, um, that just that just says so much about the game of basketball. It's it's so fluid. There's so much that goes on that you got to read off of the other person that you're playing with. And the more you play, the better you get. And that's kind of a, kind of you look at the Pelicans when they made the C.J. McCullough trade. Um, in the beginning, it, it, it was trying to everybody kind of fit in their role, how B.I. was going to play off of C.J. and how, how Valanchunas was going to get out the lane so they can make some drives. And now you're starting to see them come together. Unfortunately, we had some injuries here. But um, anytime basketball, you know, this is what's so beautiful about March Madness is that, that anybody can win on any day, and it's a one-and-done type situation. So the person that actually wins it all has probably gone through some adversity throughout the season or in the tournament. And we've seen it where teams went undefeated the entire year and lost in the championship game. They had far superior talent, but it's a one and done. For sure. Yeah, Philip, you're on with General D and Jordan Kleber on the sports hangover. What do you got for us today? I think it's uh, really obvious that he's going to Atlanta. The reason I say that is because, number one, he called them. The Falcons didn't, uh, right. didn't call him. Okay. Number two, I think the Falcons, he's giving them time to deal with the Matt Bryan situation. Number three, I think the Falcons, if they're smart, I would say, look, hold on to it. Wait on your decision. We've already agreed you're coming to us. 
but the longer you wait, the more you're going to screw the Saints as far as free agents go. You're going to make their locker room a lot more, you know, angry. You know, and the longer they wait, the more it hurts the Saints, and they know it. And by the time he finally agrees, the good free agents could be gone. Winston could be gone. So I think he's going to Atlanta. And so I think Phil, if he waits a long time to do it, they've already decided it, and they're doing it on purpose. So, Phil, that's kind of our question of the day. Should the Saints move on, or should they wait for a while? So I'm kind of getting the feeling that, yay, they should move on. I think I think they should move on. I like Winston myself because I think Winston was really good last year. He was improving every game. Keep your pick. Get him some weapons, you know. I mean, C.J. Gardner and all that. Look, I wouldn't want to trade him. He was the third. He was the third third to drink. I mean, he might not be as talented on the field, but, man, when he wasn't in the game, he saw a big difference because he makes the biggest difference in attitude and getting him fired up, and he made the whole defense way different. You know, for sure, I don't and you're, lose, no. yeah, for sure, and you're gonna have to, you know, lose a bunch of, you know, draft, you know, potential that you could be getting, and you know how the Saints are with drafting young talent, and, and not only that, you know, you're gonna have to bring in a, a new quarterback, new system. Um, that's just my take on it. You don't know how many games he's gonna be suspended for if he is suspended. I know there was this whole thing last year where um, if he's a Saint, he'll be suspended. If he's a <laughs> Falcons, he won't. Well, this is this is the thing. Uh, you're looking at it. I mean, I, you know, I think the Saints are looking at it from a, a long-term prospect. Uh, I don't think they're looking at it in the interim, a short-term solution right now. I think they are aware that they are going to play some games without him. If you look back at the Ben Roethlisberger situation, I believe it was six games and it got knocked down to four. So, you know, from that perspective. I think they can get by with the quarterbacks on the roster in the beginning. If you could split both those games and then get Deshaun back, having learned the offense and get acclimated into it. But, you know, once again, the guy is a transcendent talent, and you have to exhaust all possibilities of bringing him on. But the thing, too, is you're, you're right. There are some free agents that are out there, and, yeah, it may cause some internal riff. But I think everybody understands what the bigger picture is here for the organization uh, but that's, like I said, purely from a football standpoint, not from the personal standpoint that affects all these guys. And then the last point I'm going to make is that I think the NFL is on somewhat of a hold right now until this big domino falls. And that's that's us, that's Indy, that's some of these other teams that are out there tr- trying to figure out who's going to be their quarterback. Well, these quarterbacks, yeah, are on hold. And then you also having to do with the, with the draft picks that are involved in it. So. You know, there are some receivers that I think the Saints have probably been engaged with and probably even have some thumbnail contracts worked out if he comes or if, if he if he goes. Uh, and I think it's the same thing, and, and I think Jameis Winston even alluded to that. He was contacted and made an offer by the Saints. Um, now, if he gets a, a better offer. I think but that I, was earlier in the season. Like, earlier in the yeah. season, but I think it's it's been on hold right now. I think he realized what his, his market is right now, and I think if he doesn't come to this, if, if we get to Sean Watson, if Matt Ryan stays in Atlanta, I think his logical spot would be to go to Indy. That would be the best spot football-wise. The Jimmy Garoppolo thing that's out there, there's a lot of you know un- unknowns because of his shoulder. Um, that's another quarterback that could be and in play. Thumb. And the thumb, correct. Yeah, you know, from a, from a football standpoint, he's, a, he's a, a good leader and is able to win games for you. But he's not taking you to the next level. And that's what I think a guy like the, the, the Sean Watson skill set can take you to the next level. And, but I do, I'm with you 100%. I believe Jameis Winston could run the ship, take the keys to the Ferrari, and put us in the playoffs. And as long as you gotta do is get in the playoffs and you never know what's gonna happen. Even though we've been the best team a couple of years, we, we didn't finish the deal. And, um, sometimes the, the best team doesn't win. It's a team that gets the most breaks. And I mean, most yeah, fortunate. I mean, you were, you know, from one, one game away from another team basically losing the last game of the season to be in the playoffs. And, we Absolutely. all saw how that went. So, hey, they didn't even have their starting quarterback for, you know, more than half the seasons. And I really, well, I truly believe – Go ahead. Peyton did the best coaching job of his career, I think, last year. I really believe that. With all everything that went wrong, something went wrong every week. And they still had a winning season? That was amazing. So No, 100%, but also you got to give credit to Dennis Allen, too. Dennis Allen did an amazing job on the defensive side to take that defense and put it to where yeah, it was. kept them in every single game. That they Absolutely, played. yeah. But, uh, look, in the draft, I'd go boring. you got to get a big man. You need an offensive lineman, and then you can get a receiver in the third. 
Well, the big domino that's waiting to fall, we're waiting to hear if Teron Offset's going to sign back with the Saints. It seems like they've moved some stuff around that they could actually absorb him into the cap if Deshaun Watson comes because he wants to be here. So, uh, but I, I'm agreement with you. I think it's, it's a big man that they're trying to go after. I think Penny's a guy that, that has been, you know, talked about, had a great senior bowl. Um, and he would be a great pe- plug and play guy. They may still be looking for an offensive lineman because if you look at the trade, if it does go down, uh, Ruiz was somebody that was included into that deal. Three ones, Ruiz, and maybe another player. And if I was thinking the other player, I know CJ seemed to get his feelings hurt. I don't think that they're going that route. It might be Paulson Adebo because they just signed Roby to an extension. So Roby was a guy that they gave a third-round pick for and brought into the organization as a, as a, a starter-type potential. And because Adebo was playing so well, but if the assets are that Houston wants younger pieces, the logical spots for me would be the Ruiz contract and the Adebo contract with uh, with the three ones. But, but we'll see, man. It's good. We'll know something in a couple of days, and I think patience is a virtue, and we'll see what goes on there. But at some point, if it goes past those couple of days on the Monday, we have to move on. He's going to Atlanta, and I think they're doing it on purpose. That's just my opinion. I think they're doing that to try and get the Saints as bad as they can, their biggest rival. You know, They're like, look, how can we hold on to this? It's genius. And screw them and make them not be able to get the good free agents, maybe lose a quarterback. Just hang on to it for a little bit. Don't say anything and make them stew and sit on that money. You know, Philip. Philip, I appreciate the phone call. Um, I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I feel like the Saints have all that kind of figured out and kind of put into the contingency plan. Uh, with you know, they've seen teams do that to other teams. You know, probably throughout the whole entire existence of the NFL. So I appreciate the phone call, Philip. When we get back, we'll be talking to the voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, Ty Graffini. Big game tonight, San Antonio Spurs up against your New Orleans Pelicans. You're listening to the flagship station of the New Orleans Pelicans, ESPN Radio NOLA. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Welcome to Allstate, where you can save just by being you. DriveWise and the Allstate mobile app gives you personalized driving feedback. And by adding it to your policy, you can save for driving safe just by being yourself. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Not available in every state. Savings based on DriveWise and other safeguarding discounts. Savings vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Do you want the best for your car? Then fill up with premium at Circle K. Circle K Premium is our best fuel with double the cleaning detergent, protecting your engine from corrosion and damage so it can work at its best. And that, my friend, increases your mileage for more cha-ching in your pocket. Plus, when you fill up with premium at Circle K, you can save up to 20 cents per gallon. Offer valid Thursdays or Fridays at participating stores. For details, visit CircleK.com. Circle K. How convenient. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wuss. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to The Sports Hangover. No, it's not Gus. He's in Phoenix. This is Jordan Kleber and alongside General D. We have the voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Graffinini, on the line with us. Thank you so much, Todd, for giving us some of your time. You can follow him over on Twitter at NTGraff. Um, you sent me a picture of the, uh, sent the group message, uh, a picture of the Alamo. How, how was that the other day? Well, it was this morning, Jordan, and I just still can't find the basement. I was looking for Pee Wee's bike, but <laughs> obviously it's not going to happen. So it, it's funny. I walked over there at about 8 o'clock, and there was a line like halfway down the block. Oh, to God. Get in. So still a very uh, popular attraction here in Y'all aren't staying at the hotel with the uh, ghost uh, floor, are y'all, Todd? No, no. They moved. They moved the uh, team hotel. I think before I got uh, to the Pelican. So we're we're actually staying in a nice hotel right by the Riverwalk. So 
It's a nice day, a little breezy, mid-60s, but uh, be uh, nice and comfy inside the AT&T Center tonight, we hope. All right, let's get into it, Todd. Pelicans, 10 seed, still trying to, you know, put together a few wins to kind of secure their spot in this playoff tournament. Right now, they're at the 10 seed, 28 and 41. They take on the San Antonio Spurs tonight, um, which is another team that's right behind you in this playoff race. They're 27 and 43. Um, what are you looking at tonight? I mean, last time, the last time these two teams met up, it didn't go in the Pelicans' favor. What do they have to do different? I know Willie Green kind of touched on it um, earlier yesterday about um, watching some film and kind of correcting some things that they did last time um, against this Spurs team. Yeah, it, it's just it's really, really been a difficult matchup, Jordan. Even you know when I got here three years ago and prior to that, it, it's just been a very, very difficult team for the Pelicans to handle no matter who's on the roster. And, look, in my mind, they have one of the best point guards in the NBA, and that's mm-hmm. DeJounte Murray. I think he is the quintessential point guard. He does it all. He can score from all three angles. He is the second-best rebounding guard in the league at eight and a half, and he's also a near-tennis-disc guy. Uh, he's got 16 triple-doubles which is the San Antonio record. Um, he is just really, really good, and everything goes through him. Oh, by the way, he's number one in the league. You know, we talk about Herb Jones and what he has done defensively. You know, a number we have really, really kept on, uh, kept up on all year long has been deflection, and that's obviously on the defensive end. And Herb Jones is fifth in the league at 201 deflection. Not too bad for a rookie. Well, DeJounte Murray is number one in the league in deflections. He's got 251. He's got 50 more deflections than Herb Jones does. So, again, that just kind of shows you what kind of a point guard that DeJounte Murray is. And when he's going good, it's very, very difficult to stop them. They have, you know, they lost that game a few days ago when Carl Anthony Towns scored 60 points, you know, to the Timberwolves. Burlington Towns needed all 60 of those points to hold off San Antonio. They scored 139 in that game and lost. So, you know, I know I'm just – San Antonio is my is my kryptonite. I just I, – they they scare me to death. It's just a really, really tough matchup for the Pels. And, you know, hopefully we can pull it out. It's, and, I mean, I don't want to keep going wet – you know, a wet blanket on this thing. But um, the Pels are five and twenty nine in this building. <laughs> five wins. Did not know that. So, other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> so, Todd, this is General D. Uh, so, with that being said, if 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 Murray is the straw that stirs the drink, who do you think we're going to be putting on him to try to slow him down? Are we going to go a bit bigger on him and try to get a guy like uh, Najee to, to to check him a little bit more, or? Uh, I mean, is that is that assignment going to be solely on T? Uh, you know, CJ McCollum. Y'all, y'all, uh, General D. I didn't hear the, the first part of your question. Y'all went. I s- yeah, I was. I was saying that. Um, you know, the, the fact that that Murray's their guy, and we're having some difficulty, you know, slowing him down. Are we going to try to put a bigger guard on him to maybe you know give him some different looks, or are they just going to go man up with with CJ? Oh uh, well. I would imagine you're going to see Herb on him a little bit. Um, you know, Herb's got the, the the length, you know, the wingspan to kind of neutralize what Murray do, what Murray can do. Murray's six four, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of girth on him. He, he's just he's a skinny guy, but he's just he's got those long arms just like Herb does, and that's why you get those deflection totals. I, but I would imagine you're going to see Herb at some point, and you know, maybe switching as as the game continues to move, but. No, look, they're limited in what they can do as far as their depth. Um, you know, Jakob Pertl's their starting five. Zach Collins is their backup five. Now, of course, he was in Portland for a while, but just was so injured, he never really got things going in Portland. Well, he's starting to find his his legs under him now as Collins. When we played him uh, about a month ago, Collins had only played three games. But he is now up to his 16th game. He's had a couple of... 
I think we lost Todd there. Um, buddy, let's try to get Todd back. Um, but no, it, like he was saying, this is a very important game for the Pelicans tonight. Yeah, it's, it's it's worth two in a sense because if you can knock them down, it's kind of most like it's worth two in your your standings. But I think the big thing here too is that guys that haven't been getting a lot of rotational minutes are going to have to step up. I mean, you know, I, Todd, are you back now? Yeah, I'm back. I mean, my phone literally just died. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Maybe I am in the haunted hotel. <laughs> you might be. Yeah, over over there. Um, no, I was just saying that I think now you're going to have to see other guys step up. I mean, there's been reports that. Um, that Graham and also uh, Jose are, are battling some injuries, so I don't know much, how much they're going to be able to go or how effective they're going to be. But a guy that well, you know we've been been asking for all year long and has gotten some good minutes, and he's gotten you know lost at the times on defense. But I think he gives you something, and that's Trey Murphy. I think he's got to step up. Yeah, no. Well, uh, good news here is I wasn't shoot around, and Graham mm-hmm. and Alvarado did participate fully, so that is good news uh, as far as their availability for tonight. I would. You know, I'd be surprised if they were not able to go. But, look, I think, you know, recently, even in the absence of B.I., you have seen the scoring become balanced, a lot more balanced than it has been in the past. I mean, we're starting to see games with regularity now where you're going to have seven and double figures, and all five starters are getting in double figures. So that's a very good thing. The issue, General D. and Jordan, has been the defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, After that four-game winning streak, it has been, well, I mean, I, I'm trying to be kind here, but it's just been very, very poor. Right. I mean, we're giving up about 130 points a game. That's what CJ and said the other day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost impossible to win games like that. So until we tune it up defensively, it, we're going to be into these tough matchups no matter who the opponent is. And as I mentioned, the Spurs have firepower. You know, it's not only Murray, but Devin Vassell – was in his second year out of Florida State. He's coming into his own. Keldon Johnson averages 18 and a half. Um, you know, Lonnie Walker IV, who was a starter for three years for San Antonio, is now coming off the bench, and he won the game two nights ago against Oklahoma City on a three-pointer with 1.2 seconds left. So, you know, they, have, they can get guys talking about the Spurs scoring, you know, 20 points. Three, they had three with 20 points the other night against Oklahoma City. So they can score. To me, it's all about defense. And if the Pels can you know, play the way that they did against Houston, now I know that the competition is a little bit more sound tonight with the Spurs. But, look, Houston's got some talent, and we have seen them pull some upsets. They beat the Lakers a couple of weeks ago, uh, which I guess isn't really saying much nowadays. But still, uh, you held Houston to 95 points. That's the type of defensive effort that you somewhat need tonight. It, you know, I don't know if it's realistic to say you're going to hold San Antonio to less than 100 in their own building, but that's where it's got to start. Yeah, I feel like this is uh, this is going to be a big Jonas Valanciunas game because I'm um, just looking at his you know previous what 10 games. It looks like he's scoring like either 10 or 15 points, and then he's the next very next game he's scoring 30 points. So hopefully uh, this, tonight is is one of those 30 point games. What do you think? Uh, is kind of a key role to get him going tonight, Todd. Yeah, no, well, look, it's all about the matchup early on with Pirtle. Now, Pirtle can match up with him physically. Pirtle's 7-1, and he's in his fifth year, and Pirtle's having his best season as a pro. He's averaging about 14 points a game and nine rebounds. He's got 24 double-doubles. And Pirtle historically has always, which again, I go back to San Antonio, but Pirtle historically has always given us issues. And, you know, it's funny, we had... Bill Shoning, the longtime voice of the San Antonio Spurs on our Pelicans yeah. Weekly show last night. And, you know, Bill's got four championship rings in his pocket. You know, he's, he's called, he's been the play by play guy for four of the five championships under Greg Popovich. And every time we play the Spurs, well, at least since I've been calling games for the Pelicans, every time I look at their record and I go, how in the hell is this team 13, 14 games under 500? Because I just don't see it. Well, his answer was they have had they have had big time issues finishing games. That's where their weakness has been, and that's why their record is what it is: two games, uh, you know, below the Pelicans in the loss column. So, and the thing is, the last time we were in San Antonio, we had a one point deficit going into the fourth quarter. It was anybody's ball game, 
and San Antonio wound up winning the game by 15 points. Pell just didn't do the job in the fourth quarter. But I, I think the key tonight is if you get into a game that is going down to the last five minutes, you got to finish the ball game. That is something that they tried to blow two nights ago against Oklahoma City. They had a comfortable lead against the Thunder and wound up giving up 29 points in the fourth quarter, and it took that Lonnie Walker shot to win the game. So they nearly did it again, did San Antonio, against Oklahoma City, who doesn't have nearly the record as San Antonio or the Pelicans do, and they were able to pull it out with the Spurs. So hopefully we get into a situation tonight where we can win the game late and do so. Todd, as always, I appreciate your time. That's the radio voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Graffini. You can follow him over on Twitter at NT Graff. Now you're always super busy, especially when you're on the road, especially when it's a big matchup against the San Antonio Spurs. You've got a lot of homework to kind of do before that game starts tonight. Um, just kind of tell us about you know how people can listen and uh, what they what you got going on before the game. Yeah, half hour later. Is- kind of one of my pet peeves, these 7.30 starts. But we're on the air tonight at 7 o'clock uh, back in New Orleans, of course, Central Time here in San Antonio as well. With Pelicans warm-up, Daniel Salas and Aaron Summers will be on the call as well. Me and John DeShazer at the AT&T Center tip-off is at 7.30. And then uh, we'll head to Atlanta tomorrow and take on the Hawks and the Hornets on a back-to-back Sunday and Monday. So, look, guys, there's 13 games left in the regular season. This is, this is not a marathon anymore. This is a sprint to the finish. Every game is huge, and I'm, I'm not trying to be cliche-ish here because it is the next game, but tonight, without question, is the biggest game of the season. Uh, not only you're trying to hold San Antonio off, but if San Antonio wins this game, they have the tiebreaker on you because we've lost the first two games against them already. So this is an absolutely massive game for the Pelicans tonight, and we'll see what happens. Well, I thank you so much. Again, thank you so much for the time. Go bring home a win um, back to New Orleans. Again, that's Ty Graffinini, voice of your New Orleans Pelicans. When we come back, we'll talk more about the New Orleans Pelicans on your flagship station of the Pelicans, ESPN Radio NOLA. All right, people. Caesar Sportsbook, as you know, is the greatest sports betting app of all time. And now it's also the most delicious. That's right. If you're a new user, they'll throw you a feast. And by feast, we mean a $250 Uber Eats gift card. Download the app with code radio eat one word. And when you wager $50 or more, you'll get a $250 Uber Eats gift card. Yep, wager $50 total. You can spread it out over multiple bets if you like. Put it on the college basketball tournament, the final stretch of the hockey and NBA seasons. You name it. Just bet $50 and $250 for Uber Eats is all yours. There will be no shortage of boosts, bonuses, and big daily promos to sweeten your wagers. And with Caesars Rewards, every bet you place, win or lose, brings you closer to redeeming amazing benefits. Tickets, free stays, experiences, and more. Louisiana only must be 21, permit pending in Horseshoe, Bossier City, not available in prohibited parishes. New customers with eligible promo code only, real money wagers only that have minimum odds of minus 200. $250 gift card redemption code and steps to redeem gift card will be sent via email within 72 hours. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Caesars Sportsbook, your app is ready, Louisiana. Download it. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. One more segment, and then hour number one is done. This is Jordan Kleber and General D filling in for Gus as he's in 
Phoenix. Uh, we just recently had Todd Graffinini, voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, on the show. Um, we got a lot more to talk about in the next two hours, but right now let's stick with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, they had, after practice the other day, CJ McCollum and um, Willie Green talk yesterday, and hey, we got his, we we kind of got a Zion update. I, I know there was some, you know, there was a tweet that was tweeted yesterday that there might be big Zion news, but then there wasn't. Um, however, there was a question that was asked to head coach Willie Green: um, How close is the big man to you know to coming back? Uh, we just don't have a further update on if he's getting closer to five on five right now. It's it's, it's about him allowing his healing to happen and to be diligent about that process before he can get on the court and do any of those things that may come in the future. Just making sure everything is right with his foot before he can. And um, I don't have any other updates other than you know that. Is he telling you anything? Or you guys have that conversation at all? Or? You know, it's really a conversation for our medical team. Um, they decide. You know, the medical team working with Z and his group, they decide on when that happens. But, you know, it's, it's really about the healing process. If he's healed and that's a decision that the medical team makes, then he'll be there. Until then, we are where we are. So nothing new, General D, but, hey, at least it's something rather than nothing. Well, I did see a couple of clips of him working on his side, which was, was promising, the fact that he's actually doing some basketball drills. Some some in and out crossover dribbling, some shooting, some attacking the rim. Even though it's it's one on none, um, you know the the really the the thing that's more promising than it all is the fact that he's kind of back with his teammates. Correct. Yeah. I, and if you look at him on the sidelines, when when Jackson Hayes does the dunk, I mean he's he's I mean he's going crazy over there. So you know this whole national media that you know like anything is trying to push a certain narrative, and for whatever reason. You know, they want him in these bigger markets, um, who's not really a winning organizations, as we've seen at some of these bigger markets. Um, but let Zion just let him play it out, let him get healthy. But man, if you, if this team on paper, if you put Zion into the mix with B.I. and C.J. and Herb Jones playing defense and Valanchunas and then having guys coming in off the bench, I mean, like this, a Jose Alvarado, just a gritty type player. I mean, you, you've got some pieces easily. You got some should pieces. easily be a playoff team in the uh, in the upcoming future. I honestly think that they could go deep into the playoffs with the roster they have right now fully healthy. Now, I do think that they need to make a couple of moves to bring in some of those just lockdown shooters or maybe a, a lead point guard to offset to let CJ play his natural position a little bit more and bringing a guy in like like Herb off the bench would be really ideal with that second unit and then playing him down to stretch as a closing unit. But if we look at the game tomorrow night, I mean, uh, you know, tonight uh, and, and in the, later this weekend, it's about the Pelicans keeping it simple. You know, uh, Todd alluded to, um, you know, Pirtle's been a guy that's 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 a, been a force for them down the stretch. And I think if you can get him in foul trouble, play the ball in, play it out, uh, play it into to, to, to Jonas Valanciunas, and then work off of him. And I think if they can attack, same thing with Jackson, if they go with the bigger lineup, and start pounding it inside and get them in foul trouble, down the stretch is going to be difficult for this team. The problem with the Pelicans have been is that for some reason they get a little bit stagnant and their offense slows down and you're taking shots that it's not really conducive to their, their skill sets. Yeah, and, and yeah, by the way, this segment and the next segment is open for phone calls, 800-998-1003. So if you want to talk to General D and I, please do so. Call in. Buddy will take your phone call in. He'll put you on the sports hangover with us too. Um, kind of mentioned, just we'll get back to what you're saying, guys taking shots. I know before the show we were talking about Devontae Graham. He just needs to get more comfortable. But before we get to that, um, another kind of injury update. Um, Green, Willie Green was asked yesterday after practice, what's B.I. looking like? Because right now I think B.I.'s kind of more of a bigger concern than Zion is because you know that he – he can play for you right now, and when he's not in the game for the Pelicans, I think they've only won three games. So I think he's a very key piece for this team to win, no matter who they play. But here's Willie Green real quick on what B.I. status has, B.I. status is and if he attended practice yesterday. No, he wasn't. Do you, do you know yet about tomorrow one way or the other? I don't, unfortunately. So it doesn't look like you're going to have B.I. tonight. Well, no, but the the other piece you're missing, I, although he's around the team, which is very important, 
he's a guy that stepped up to be a leader. You know, uh, last year I was very critical of B.I. on his not really. He was more about the me instead of the we. And this year you've seen the transformation of his growth as a player of also bringing on the younger guys, not only of taking on guys like Jose, kind of like his little brother and stuff, but also the fact that I, there was reports that I believe Willie talked about in one of the press conferences about B.I. doing three-a-days in the summertime. He's fully yeah, committed. Put on, what, 15 pounds? 15 pounds, doing three-a-days with basketball. And you've seen the ability for him now to absorb contact and get his shot off and get to the line for those three-point plays. So, you know, I, I think his play, his his mind is in the right spot. His body, unfortunately, is not there right now. But you're right. If he comes back, uh, hopefully we can get him by this weekend. Maybe at the, you know by that Sunday game, uh, give him another day or two to rest. And um, you know, I think I think we can make that little push at the end. But it, this goes back down to basketball. Uh, of the guys that are available, we have the ability to beat a team like like San Antonio. But to Todd's point, we've got to be able to stop the basketball. And what's what's killed this team in the past, the, the Pelicans, be it is our guard play has been horrendous. This year, our guard play is better. It's much improved, but it still has a ways to go. Guys like Herb Jones have been in there to give you some solid defensive plays, and I believe CJ can give you some defense, although that's not his forte. So it's really going to allow upon guys not getting straight rim runs, and sometimes they get caught in these pick and rolls where Valanchunas is kind of in no man's land, and the and the guard comes off, and he's free, and that's, and that's you know, presenting a lot of problems for us. So you know, keep it simple. Keep the ball in front of you. Stop the basketball. Get some steals and get some easy baskets. But the easy baskets is what's going to lead to the positive f- flow of your offense. And then, in, in addition to that, is that you cannot be getting yourself late in shot clocks and taking forced shots. Uh, and that's what's happened to Graham a lot of times, where right. he's trying to create on his own. And when he's open and is able, and he gets into the flow of game, it really comes back to confidence. I know we've talked about this before in the show. Is that the confidence is the biggest thing that, that, that guys have a hard time translating when they move to the next level. These guys are unbelievably or talented. Or even switching teams. Or switching teams. It takes them a little while to get acclimated. But usually when a guy moves from high school to college, it takes them a little while to say, oh, wait, I can play with these guys. Same thing when these rookies come into the league. Even though they've been high draft picks and there's all this potential, it's between the ears. Like anything you do, most of it is is between your ears on what you believe you can do if you believe it, you can achieve it. So you first have to get your mind right, and I think that's what B.I.'s been able to do is say, okay, I'm ready to become that leader. And I think a guy like like Alvarado, who's been getting extended minutes, you see him so much more comfortable on the floor. Man, he's you know he's playing more minutes than any of the drafted rookies that are in the league right now. That's that's unbelievable, which says a lot to him because they trust him because of his defensive play. And I really didn't think it was going to translate like it has from from college to the pros, but he's such a good defender. He really sees the game, and he knows how to help out. He's puts himself in good situations. Hopefully a guy like Trey Murphy can get some extended minutes. And what I've noticed from him is that when he did get the extended minutes a couple games ago, he was so much more settled in. He was playing in the rhythm of the game. But it, when he comes in sometimes and it's kind of disjointed and he pl- comes in and his mind's not there thinking, I gotta hit this shot. I missed my first shot. Oh no, what's gonna happen? I'm getting, I'm getting pulled out. Oh no, I'm getting pulled down to the G League. That's right, a different that's, thing. I, I think that's, I mean, obviously, um, the Pelicans know better than you and I, but at the same time, I feel like that's, you kind of put a lot of pressure on these younger guys where, alright, you gotta make the most out of your minutes and sometimes you try to do a little bit more than, you have to do, and that's what causes a lot of big mistakes, and that's what can get you sent back to the G League. So you get you got to improve a little bit more, but at the same time, it's kind of a du- double-edged sword where, yeah, you got to go back to the G League, but the guys, next time you bring them back, it's, well, I better not make that same mistake again, and you have now that's in between your ears, like you were saying, and you're more likely to make those mistakes. When Herb Jones was, was drafted, he was drafted for the G League. He was not a guy that they saw as a rotational player until they got on the court in summer league, actually in summer practice. And all of a sudden, Willie's like, wait, this guy's locking down everybody. And they know that defense translates quicker in the NBA than his offensive game. But the reason that Herb's offensive game has now like, like improved so quickly is because there's belief and he's settled into the offense. And he's working very hard. There's a lot of talent on his team. It needs to be cultivated. And I think Willie Green is the guy for the job. We'll see what happens tonight. I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity. Hour one is in the books of the sports hangover. Alongside General D, 
I'm Jordan Kleber. You're listening to the flagship station of the New Orleans Pelicans, ESPN Radio NOLA. Hi, I'm Mike Gwynn with Gwynn Auction Company, and I would like to invite you all to our upcoming public auction on Saturday, March 19th at 10 a.m. in Jennings, Louisiana. This auction will feature late-model Caterpillar equipment in addition to selling surplus equipment and vehicles for government entities, contractors,